is so different from being rescued by anybody else. In this life, when you're rescued, if they're able, they'll go in and try to bring you out alive. But sometimes the authority has to tell you that because of the weather, they can't come out and rescue you. This is where the word of God steps in, where God says no matter what the weather, no matter what the authority, no matter what the occasion, no matter what the problem, he's able to rescue you. He's able to rescue you. In that 15th chapter of Luke, we find that God is always calling everybody and there's always going to be some Pharisees and scribes, the people who know what medicine you ought to take, even though they don't take it. Know uh, what the remedy is or what is for what hurts you, though they're hurting. And they're complaining because you are trying. You know, sometimes when we look at people, we say they all know better. They all do better than that. Sometimes uh, we can even get so justified and say that, look at them, they, they give money to everything else, from the top of their heads to their toes. And then when it comes to God, they don't have a penny. But you know what? God didn't call us to watch them. God called us to watch Him. So it, it, instead of being a scribe or a Pharisee, writing a prescription for someone else, pray for them. But here in our story, the scribes and the Pharisees were in no means interested in praying for anybody. You know, it's bad, but you don't pray for anybody. And here they said that Jesus saw them and he gave them a parable. A parable that P-A-R in that word means on the side, like a parachute. You are a paradigma. Now that means it's on the side that will enable you to get to the message of the story. So a parable is given so that you might be able to get one point. And the one point of a parable today, as always, as Jesus presents them. But today the one is, is that Jesus saves. Jesus rescues. And he asks the question, what man if you have a hundred sheep, if you lose one of them, you would leave the 90 and 9 and go and find the one that's lost. Sometimes when people are lost, there has to be somebody out there with the light to show them the way. Sometimes they're so lost that they don't even know that they're lost. And we're saying to ourselves, can't you see you need God? Can't you see? And we're constantly telling them, but they don't know for themselves. So the only thing that they have is you. To be able to tell them that he saves. Look what he did for me. And then they had to go out and seek for it. Sometimes, you know, if you don't, if it's not a great value, you won't look for it. But if you lost your wallet with several hundred dollar bills in it, you would, you would make sure you would go backtrack and try to find that, wouldn't you? Somebody ought to tell you. Up in here, that'll be a phenomenon. Oh, yes, Lord. Here, uh, the coin was, was lost, and the sheep.
sheep was lost, but the one thing that happened was that because of the value to the person who lost it, sometimes we lose our right relationship with God. But if we value it, we want to be on the track to be able to find it. And then once we find it, then we're able to come to church rejoicing, praising God and thanking Him. But it always causes a sacrifice. A sacrifice like you made here today. Surely uh, Red Lobster had something on the menu with your name on it. But you gave a sacrifice today and so today uh, what you were going to go out and buy for yourself you gave for somebody else. God honors sacrifices. What mother wouldn't want to give up in the dress in order to make sure that her daughter had a dress for prom? What father wouldn't want to give up a pair of brand new shoes so that his son would have them to wear to graduation? A sacrifice is something that you give that you could have kept for yourself, but you didn't keep it for yourself because you knew that somebody else was in need. And so the parable today is to realize that you are valuable to God. God loves you. He made you in the image of God. And if he placed something inside of your DNA, which is found in a mixture of dirt, earth, his image is on the inside of you. And because of that, God values you. No matter how the world may devalue you, no matter how you may do yourself wrong or others wrong, God loves you. And God has a value on you that's equal to every other person. He doesn't love anybody else any more than anybody. Every one of us are loved just the same by God. Just the same by if you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you learn how to love everybody. You might not like them. You might not like what they do, but you do understand that God values them and the love of God is within them and you value them. Maybe in the city of Chicago, so many people would get killed on the weekend and we value human life. You gotta value it, you gotta think that it's important, and then if it gets lost, you gotta be willing to make a sacrifice to go out and find it. And then God says, when you do that, it'll cause you to rejoice. In this word, it tells us that when we rebel, that means that when we war against God, or when we do that which God tells us not to do, which humans so creatively are capable of. Doing what God tells them not to do. But in spite of us doing what we shouldn't do, God says there's always a door open that you might return back to Him. There's always a way that you can make what was wrong turn it into now I'm going to do right. Every day is another new day for you to be able to say, I got another opportunity. I won't let my failure of yesterday stop me today. I won't let what went on last night stop me from what can happen right now. Right now, I can be filled with the love of God. Right now, I can 
with salvation. Right now, I can praise him. When I was sick, he made me well. I can give him praise and thanksgiving for so many things that he just keeps doing for me. And keeps making the way. And keeps healing me. And keeps blessing me. God says he wants to do it to the point that you become a rejoicing angel. And when you become a rejoicing angel, you become, you become so busy rejoicing that you don't have time to sin. Remember something? That you won't have time to sin. You know, our superintendent, Brother Kimball, told me this morning that he was so busy he needed an assistant. He said, God, we have his prayers and all the things that he has to do around the house and for his family and just to be able to live, he needs some help. I told him, I said, you know what? I didn't get to tell him this verbally, but in my spirit, I told him, I said, you always have help. <laughs> Your help never left you. All he wants you to do is say, Lord, plant my feet on solid ground. All, I, all he needs is for you to say, Lord, order my tongue so that I'll be able to say the right things. God, close the door of the evil one so that he won't be able to get in on me. God is just depending upon you to call on him because if he gives you a job, he'll give you the resources. Happy about understanding that we can go back to God. We've got to teach our children that to learn is to earn. See, if you want to, if you want a house, if you want a car, if you want a dress, I'm buying it right now, but pretty soon you're going to have to buy it. If you want these things, then you need to learn something so somebody can pay you for what you learn. I mean, we don't want you to go to jail, but we want you to learn so that you can earn. And some kind of a way we kind of give them a false emphasis when we spend everything we have on them. You, you've got to take their money and tell them, you put this up. This is this for God, and this is for the future. Don't let them spend everything because the time is going to come that they're going to need it, and they need you to teach them that lesson. When you learn about God, you earn faith in God. When you learn about God, you earn faith in God. This is the reason why this word is so exciting. Here uh, in the, the Gospel of Luke, God knows that you're lost. Don't you know God is looking for you? God is looking for you. It's not because God does not know where you are. God is looking for you to turn to him. To turn to him and turn it over to him. But when you turn it over to him, he's able to turn it around. And what the devil meant for bad, God will make it turn out for your good. What your enemies meant to hurt to God, the hand that is going to build you. What you did thinking that you were smart and cute, God will be able to turn it around for your goodness. But he wants you to learn so that in the beginning, you want it to be right. And all the day through, you want God to help you through that day. This songwriter said the soul is in danger. When your soul is in danger, you have to look above. You know, I, I used to wonder why is it that I get in so much trouble when I go on vacation? Those are only the important God sightings. But every day of my life, God has to save me. Every day we have to be 
suffered when my soul is in danger, I have to look above because Jesus completely saves. He will save you by his love. And out of the angry waves, the angry waves are angry folks. Every, Jesus had angels. If you ain't got no haters, that's because you ain't doing nothing. Enemies. You ought to know you have enemies. God says the one thing that you need to do that's radical is love them so that every time they decide to do evil toward you, love is going to hit you. And they throw that rock at you, God will turn that rock into love. So you got to know that he's able to lift you up out of the angry ways. You got to know that he's the master of everything, which means he knows your soul and he, he already knows what he's going to save you from. You don't know it. But he's already made a way of escape for you. He's your savior. He I wants you to be saved. Um, you have to I'm about that. to have somebody oh. back. Um, and you know what? Like if you have one in the box around you, you will learn a lot from them. And you will learn it's a lot that you have to teach them. And I only, I only remember that on this vacation, vacation, Bible school, on this vacation there, we were down in Florida. And down in Florida, we decided to go over to the Emmerglades. And when we got down into the Emmerglades, I saw one of those boats with a big fan on the back, and it just glides across the grass in the water. I said, oh, how lovely. That's got to be nice. So the man had his little, you know, uh, signed up and told me how much it was going to cost, and this particular trip that I did go. You know, some people are smarter than you can. <laughs> but as a child, Crystal was very excited to get on this boat. And I'd always seen him, so I was excited. So we got on the boat and we were going through the airplanes and sailing across the water. It's almost sunset. So, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, Mr. Reed, we start heading back. <laughs> I got the thrill of it. You ever find anybody in your life that gets a thrill out of hurting you? There's some folk who will. Think that they're going to give you a thrill, but they're hurting you. I saw the news the other day about a woman, and she was standing on a bridge, and her friend thought she wanted to dive in, so she switched. What kind of thing is that? I don't know. But uh, the, the danger of it is, is that for some people it's a thrill, and for other people it's a nightmare. So there we were on this little boat, very close to the water. And the sun is going down, and you can't hardly see around the other place. You know that they're full of cowboys. And the man has chicken parts. And he starts taking the chicken parts out and saying, He can't get it. He can't get it. He can get a chicken, cut a piece and hit the water. Then all of a sudden, the whole army of the alligators were all around that boat. He thought that we were having a drill. He was scared of us. We were so scared we couldn't even tell it with each other. Isn't that because God knows who you are? And because God knows who you are, He can sense fear in you before you can say, Jesus, help me. He's already dispatched help. And as these gators got closer, I 
hear us, Crystal was standing up. So now she's standing on this narrow little bench. And I'm thinking that if she tilts over, the alligators are going to get me. But Crystal is thinking that if I sit here, that's right. <laughs> See, in life, you often find yourself in a dilemma. That means if I go to the right, I die. If I go to the left, I die. One of the saddest dilemmas in American uh, history that we were able to see photograph was what happened on 9-11. When some people had to decide when they were in that burning twin tower, am I going to stay in the fire or am I going to leap out like a butterfly? And imagine what their mind was saying at that time. Do I stay or do I fly? No matter what I do, I'm going to die. What a terrible dilemma. So there she was, with a dilemma, they made a dilemma for me because I couldn't go on without it. <laughs> <laughs> Spider God in the air give me too. And I couldn't go on and say, I, I don't have it. <laughs> and if she jumped in the water and I okay, God, I have to jump in the water there that can get me because I couldn't go on without it. God doesn't want to have his homecoming without you. He will do what it takes in order to save you, to convince you that he's worthy of praise and thanksgiving, that he's worthy of having a change in your life. So that you can learn how to depend upon him. And as our young people are going to learn this, we, we have a savior on the inside of us. The savior knows our danger. He knows what's going on. He's either going to rescue you out of it or he's going to pull you out of the whole situation. That's the kind of rescuer he is. He's going to rescue all your life. Here this man is, he had a southern accent. Yeah. See them chicks? And they hit that water, that gator. That gator comes. Ain't that something? I'm trying to tell them to be terrified. This is man. <laughs> Go back. Oh, I know y'all having a good time. But oh, we were sweating. And then we got so busy looking at the game, telling God about the spider, that we looked up and we didn't see the spider anymore. See, God has the power to do anything. All He wants you to do is to believe that He can do it. And we never saw the spider again. And when we got off of that little boat, Christmas said, Daddy, I can't believe. God wants you to know that He wants you to live. He wants you to have everlasting life with Him. He wants you to know that just because you have a problem, that's not the end. Because you're shipwrecked, that's not the end of the story. Because you have a problem and you fail, that's not the end of the story. God wants you to know that He puts His seal on the story. It's not over. As long as there's life, there's always hope. That's a miracle that God can come breaking through. What He did in the Bible, He can do for you. What He's done for others, He'll do the same for you. You have to be convinced that I have a God on the inside of me that's going to rescue me. I don't know what the danger's going to be, but I have a Savior who can rescue me. I don't know how He's going to do it, but I know that He can. 
This has been your boy DJ Fluff. I just had to definitely let y'all know and see and let y'all hear what keep me grounded a lot of times. Um, and you know, and the same word that I was hearing, I said, you know what? Let me let my people hear it too. Hey, how you doing? 
and this is the realest, the best thing about Anchor. I can take it anywhere I go want to go. I can go record somebody, in, as the pimps used to say, in chili cold blood. They used to I go basically record somebody on the spot and everything else, and have fun doing it. You know, uh, basically, I just want to just uh, show you what keeps me grounded. Uh, yeah, so basically that was just one of the people that keep me grounded and everything else. Uh, I know I had to pause and stop this real quick, but when you walk in that church, a lot of people are going to be like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on? And give you some hugs. So that's what I had to do real quick. Give some hugs and help people out and, you know, probably help an old lady to the car. Now I got to drop something off around the corner from here, but it's okay. And saying that, that's one more thing I need to ask. How many people help other people on a day-to-day basis or just any anytime? Maybe, you know what I'm saying? We need to probably help more people out here and get them to help something. Get them to help someone. Pay it forward. That's what I always believe in. This has been your boy DJ Fluff. And to the next episode, it totally will be different from this one. But it's Sunday. Why not? See you later. DJ Fluff 313 out. Don't don't forget to visit djfluff313.com or either DJ Fluff on uh, Facebook, the guy with the dreads and the big forehead. That's that's me. So see you guys in a minute. Peace out.